Welcome. You're listening to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper in content and conversation of last Sunday's sermon at Westside in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. Welcome back to the rest of the sermon. Hello, Miss Nikki. How are you? I'm doing well today, Jason. How are you? I am wonderful. Welcome back to everybody tuning in and listening in. We took a week off last week from the rest of the sermon, but have no fear. Your favorite podcast is near. Uh, I don't know. I'm just... That's great. Yeah. I mean, we're trying to compete with the Joe Rogans and Logan Pauls and everybody. We're just... Please, guys, if you couldn't get further away from Joe Rogan than Nikki (laughs) Mauser, I don't know if you could find more opposite people. I love it. Well, hey, listen, summer is in full swing Kids are pretty much out of school everywhere. I was going to say, I don't know anyone that would still be in locally. You live in a communist country if you're still in school or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but we took a break last week. Um, We finished up the May We Honor through the month of May. We were doing a series on honor. Got a ton of feedback from that. That was really fun. Mm -hmm. Even had a guy come up to me and was like, man, I was reading my Bible yesterday and it said honor in there a couple times. And I was just like, man, the Bible talks a lot about honor. And I was like, yeah, man, we should do a sermon series. Right? <laughs> if only we knew where that came from. <laughs> but I love that because I think it's true for any series. When we do a sermon series, I think that stuff's When you study the Bible in general, let mm-hmm. me say that. When you study the Bible in general and in depth on a topic you see that topic begin to pop up yeah. sort of everywhere, which is cool. But we ended the series with May We Honor Authority. And I spoke out of Romans 13, and we talked about what is government, what is um, civil law, mm-hmm. all of this stuff, and how do we honor those in positions um, of either law enforcement or what that Romans 13 passage talks about. So You had some really cool guests. I was really excited. We had it planned for a while, but we heard, and this is what's even really cool when you think about it, like the three spheres of law enforcement if you live in Missouri and in Popper Bluff and in Butler County. We had number one, the Butler County Sheriff, Mm -hmm. Mark Dobbs, which is incredible. Um, I didn't realize like this dude comes from a dynasty of law enforcement, like dad, grandpa, all that stuff. He is the Butler County Sheriff. And then we had Sean Prager, who is the Popper Bluff City Police Department, Mm -hmm. which was incredible. Sean's got an awesome story. And then we heard from Detective Matt Foster from the Missouri Highway Patrol. And so we had Butler County. We had Popper Bluff City. We had Missouri Highway Patrol. It was really, really cool. And I thought the interview went well. If you haven't listened to it, you can go back on our podcast, listen to that last and final one. But I love those guys. And the cool thing is, is you didn't just invite, you know, local government official, city government. You know, you these are men that are of our church. These guys 
put on their uniforms and came in on Sunday and sat on the stage. That was the new part. Yeah. Seeing them in the building on Sunday is nothing new for those of us that attend Westside. Yeah, that you're. I love that you brought that up. That's so true. Like seeing them in uniform was like, whoa, this is what you guys do. Yeah. Because we see them with their families on Sunday, all of that stuff. What was hilarious is when um, Mark Dobbs and Matt Foster saw each other they don't have to wear the police uniform every day for work like Sean Prager does right. in the Popper Bluff Police Department. He's the city patrolling. Right. He's in the car. He's doing all that. They both laughed and gave each other a high five and said, the uniform still fits. Right. <laughs> well, Rick, my She's husband, great. asked Matt yeah. and said, how long? What do you wear to work? And he's like, dude, I wear jeans and a T-shirt. I get to wear whatever I want to work. And I'm like, <laughs> There you go. So great. But man, just hearing, um, we just had some questions. Like I said, you can go back on our website. You can listen to that. There were a number of highlights. I think the big one for me was to hear them say, we're just human. Yeah. Like one of the questions was in light of the state of things and where things at in the world, what's happened over the past couple of years, what would you like to say? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, there's a thought. Why yeah. don't, instead of us, you know, conversating about what police officers should do, what if we had a conversation with them and they just said, man, we are human. We can be fallible. Mm -hmm. And please, per every one bad cop, there are a hundred good ones right. who have family members. And hearing them say, like, when I go out and patrol and when I put on the uniform, there is that thing in the back of my mm -hmm. mind of is today the day that I encounter, right. God forbid, a shootout or something like that. And I just, I sat there thinking, man, they think that. And all three of these men have families. Like yep. they are not just some young. Yes. They all have children yes. and they live this life. I was super impressed with Sean yeah. speaking and it, it goes back to God having perfect timing. Yeah. Sean telling the story of seeing you and Hux after yep. his first time there. And Sean was brought in because of his mother-in-law yep. who serves on our board. I mean like this domino effect that rippled out to the day. And I can tell you that's that a God Sean thing. is on the stage. Because we never go to Hux. Like, yeah. what in the world? That yeah. was just a crazy story. But you guys can go back and listen to that. We did some really cool things. We said that honor was the act of holding all people in all positions in high value. That was the definition of honor. So the Kids Side Kids wrote these guys some incredible notes and letters. We gave them envelopes just stuffed with love, which was really cool. Then we gave them some envelopes stuffed with cash. There no, we gave them some gift cards um, to a steak joint so they could take their family out carefree um, and enjoy a meal on West Side. And yeah. then we had all three of them come down front and anybody that wanted to, uh, we laid hands on them, prayed for them, asked God to bless them and their family. And it was a beautiful just summation of the entire oh, series. Yeah. Like we had been studying about it. We had been kind of doing it a little bit with Mother's Day and this, that, and the other. But man, to bring that to a head. Yeah. And a really cool update. One of the weeks we said um, it was honoring God with our wealth. Yeah. That in Proverbs 3, God says, hey, if you want to honor me, Honor me with your wealth and the first fruits, and I will bless you. And so we just talked about money for a little bit there. 
And we laid a challenge out. We said, hey, this is sort of the year-end push for our fiscal year. Kind of talked about how our attendance versus our giving, there's some disparaging space in between those two things. But it was all grace-motivated, man. It was like, listen, if you're grateful for the gospel, Jesus says that generosity is a mark of that. So we said that we were going to take up our May We Honor offering. And guys, let me tell you, as of today... Right now, the Sunday that we took up the offering, we received around $10,000, which is just crazy to think about. Mm -hmm. And then we had some online and some other donations come in. And right now, we are sitting close to over $30,000 on the May We Honor offering. That is such a cool thing. And man, I just, I told our people Sunday, like, I know who you are. Mm -hmm. I know how hard you work, and we're very strategic at Westside. We're very cautious to just constantly be asking for money and doing stuff like that, but we also know the Bible talks about money. So when we do do it, it's very strategic. It's a part of a series. We give a heads up, this, that, and the other. And man, just to see that when we obey, God blesses. Yeah obedience brings joy. Oh, it's Courtney, just Jordan facts. just came out of your mouth so right? fast. It's a saying that we have taught our kids, and it's one that God still teaches me every day. So it's incredible. And then we rolled into this Sunday. I was going to say, and then we ended on a big party. Yes. You know, with the May We Honor and all the fruits that that brought. Yes. Seeing these men of faith that we worship with, you know, be honored in that capacity. Our church step up and just God show off. And then this Sunday, Pentecost Sunday, new sermon series, all the things. It was family worship, so Mm -hmm. we had the kids side kids in there. Miss Nikki did her thing. And then what's really cool is, um, so Pentecost Sunday on its own is a big deal on the church calendar. So maybe you're listening to this, you're like, I've always heard, but what is Pentecost Sunday? I thought that was a religion itself. Right. So Pentecost isn't, I mean, yes, it is the birth of the church, but like this is how cool God's story is. Okay, there's this moment in the Old Testament where Moses goes up the mountain at Mount Sinai and he gets the Ten Commandments Mm -hmm. from God. And for the people of Israel, that was just, that's a huge deal. This is the way that they're going to live. This is God's top 10. This is huge. Do you know what's crazy? In the storyline of the Bible, Pentecost Sunday happens on the exact same day that Moses got the Ten Commandments from God. So God gives the law to Moses. Then there's hundreds of years where obviously we can't fulfill the law. God sends Jesus to live the life we couldn't live, die the death that we deserve. But while Jesus was on this earth, he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, which God had this Old Testament prophecy of, I'm not going to write this law on tablets of stone. I'm going to write it on your hearts. Mm -hmm. I'm going to come and live in you. And then it all comes to this climax on Pentecost Sunday, which represents 50 days after the resurrection of Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. And then so Jesus goes up and the Holy Spirit comes down. Right. And the church is birthed. God has fulfilled his Old Testament promises. And the cool thing about Pentecost Sunday is it's the birth of the big C church, Mm -hmm. like the New Testament church. But then we see literally almost 30, 40, 50 churches 
birth from that Pentecost Sunday. It's a huge, huge deal. So it's not just one church, it's multiple churches. And Westside is a part of the Grace family of churches. And Pentecost Sunday for the Grace family of churches is the big celebratory Sunday. It's where we like look back over the year. We look at baptisms. We look at baby dedications. We see what God has done through these grace churches. And just to catch you guys up on this, you can scroll way back about this time last year, actually, in our podcast. And you can sort of follow the journey that we had of being a part of the grace family of churches. But when I was reading my Bible, there would be these phrases that would pop up. And like Revelation, you know, chapter one, verse four, John, to the seven churches mm-hmm. that are in Asia Minor. So the book of Revelation is one letter that addresses seven churches mm-hmm. that was in circulation. So I see a family of churches yeah. there. And then in the book of James, um, James, a servant of God and of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. We see it in Galatia. We see it in Corinth. Mm -hmm. When I read the New Testament, I see a local church in a city or in a town that is a local church, but that local church is a part of a network or family of churches. And I was very burdened for Westside to be a part of a like-minded, mission-oriented family of churches. I remember... Um, when all of the grace information, we were doing the town halls yeah, um, and everybody was asking questions membership wise throughout the congregation and conversations were happening, which yep. was perfect and exactly the point. Yep. Um, there was a Facebook post and our now production manager, Haley, um, someone had commented and said, are we doing this or something? And Haley answered it the best way and it stuck so yeah. deep in me. Our church, Westside has found a church to love us yep. the way we want to love other people. 100%. And I was like, that is such a beautiful way yes. of accountability, of community, yep. of training, of leadership, of all these different things that the Grace Family of Churches has brought into Westside. No question. That it was the easiest yes for me yes. on that ballot to vote. Our board needs a board. Yeah. Our board needs authority over them. I need pastors over me. I need to be in a fellowship with pastors. And so that's what this Grace Family is. Yeah. And so we We got to show a really cool video that highlighted sort of the three big pillars of the Grace family, which is the next generation. Mm -hmm. They're huge on the next generation, which I love. It's my jam. And then they are about catalyzing Jesus movements in the Muslim world. And what that does for us is that helps us narrow down our global mission strategy. So we say that missions isn't just across the globe, but it's across the street. Mm -hmm. And we focused on that very heavy across the street in Butler County and Popper Bluff, um, restoration of the Rogers, all types of stuff like that. But Westside has really needed to focus on our global missions imprint. And so they are doing some incredible work when it comes to the Muslim people. Well, and that was another conversation that happened. We're in South, where we are in Southeast Missouri, we do not have a large Muslim population. And people were like, why do we need to join a church that does this? And the way they answered that was, 
what if the Muslim community is the get? Yep. What if those are the people who, and they do, they need to hear that word of Jesus. 100%. They need to learn who he is. If this isn't an area for you that you have, like you're confused or don't understand, or you don't feel that call for sure. mission, that training's not necessarily for you. 100%. But there may be others here that want that. And I loved yep. that, that it does individualize like, hey, you want to do something bigger, learn, step out of your yes. norm. Hey, this is a way to do it. One of the greatest sentences I ever heard was, if you want to find God's will for your life, find out where he's working and join him. Mm -hmm. It's like we don't need to reinvent the wheel. No. We don't. The Grace family has done incredible work, and you know what's crazy? It's so like... We were talking about this and people, you know, it was, and I get it. It's like, man, but we're in Butler County. It doesn't apply here. It doesn't apply to me. Literally the week that we were taking up the vote, the United States pulled out of Iraq mm. and it was like Muslim. It was all yep. Afghanistan. It was all over the news. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. This doesn't, I mean, you know, we're not, we're in Butler County, but then boom, the global imprint. Yeah. So it's the next generation catalyzing uh, Jesus movements in the Muslim world and then planting healthy churches with healthy pastors. Ugh. And we heard about Olu, one of the guys that's in the church planning program there. We heard about the residency program and it was just a big win. Mm -hmm. After the video played, I was able to stand up and say, listen, 5% of Westside's yearly budget goes to that. Yeah. Like we are a part of mm -hmm. that. These are our wins. These are our celebrations. And so listen, if you want any more information about the Grace Family of Churches, you can go to gfc.tv. Again, www.gfc.tv, and you can find out more information if you want to give to be a part of that. There's a Pentecost goal Really cool stuff. Yeah. But one of the things that the Grace Family of Churches does in the summer is kind of like that letter that circulated through all the churches in Asia Minor. There was kind of a diversity of churches, but there was a unity of a message. And so in the summer, we all come together and do a sermon series. Mm -hmm. And this year, we are doing the Book of the Twelve. Mm -hmm which is the 12 minor prophets. And so this summer at Westside, along with all the other Grace families, uh, we're, we're literally going through an entire book of the Bible each Sunday. Love it. It's going to be great. I love and so it. there's 12 of them. It's going to be awesome. And so that's what we're going to talk about a little bit now is like, yeah. what does this series look like? This, that, and the other, man. So the book of the 12. Okay. So let's start at the start. Okay. Um, so the book of the 12 are the last 12 books of the Old Testament. Let's yep. break it down for someone who's a brand new believer, yep. never heard anything. What's a prophet, Jason Jordan? For sure. So um, a prophet, the definition that we use Sunday is this. A prophet was the Old Testament office of both foretelling and foretelling the word of God to the people of God. Now, let me break that down. Um, in the Old Testament, God had sort of three primary um, offices, if you will, that he really used to minister to his people. There was the prophet, the priest, and the king, okay? So the prophet was, thus saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. Think the preacher. Um, when Israel would had gone wayward, it was, I'm going to send a prophet to you. Now, sometimes they would predict the future. Mm -hmm. They would be like, hey, listen, Babylon's coming. 
you guys keep messing around and y'all keep going over there and God's like, don't go over there. And you're like, I want to go over there. And God's like, don't go over there. And then, yeah, everything happens. So that's a prophet. A priest, to put it this way, a prophet brings the word of God to the people of God. Mm -hmm. A priest brings the words of the people in front of God. Mm. So a priest acts almost like a mediator in the temple between God and his people. He's the one making the sacrifices. He's the one leading temple worship. He's doing all of those things. A priest today, um, you would think of a pastor, right. a pastor's heart, someone who's sitting with people, grieving with people, um, spending time with people, a shepherd's heart. Mm -hmm. A king is like King David, King Solomon. They are the administrator for the kingdom of God. So Solomon's got all this wisdom. He's like a Fortune 500 CEO. Right. He's moving and shaking. He's like, we need this land. We're going to go to war with these people. I've got this many donkeys. Like, it's all of that type of stuff. So those were kind of the three major offices. And what's cool is... Is, so number one, we believe that all of those were fulfilled in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus is our greater, greater prophet, priest, and king, yep. right? Uh, Hebrews talks about all of this, essentially. But the cool thing is, is that when it comes to spiritual gifts and kind of like temperaments or personalities, you can sort of kind of still categorize people um, because I believe, number one, those offices mm -hmm. have ceased. And what I mean by that is in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul says he gave for the foundation of the church, yeah. apostles, prophets, this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. Well, how many foundations do you have in your home? One. One. One foundation. That's for the structure of the church. Yeah. But that gifting still sort of continues today in the church. So example, if you are someone who's like, man, I really want to study what does the Bible say about... Like, what did Jesus' death really accomplish on the cross? And what did he pay for? And you're reading commentaries, and you're studying, and you're looking at footnotes, and you're doing stuff. You're going to lean towards the prophet, mm -hmm. okay? Like the word of God, you know, uh, a prophet would say that um, people perish because of lack of knowledge, mm -hmm. okay? Now, if you're someone who's like, you know what, man, that's great. I know that's important, but it's about loving people. Yeah. It's about being with them, serving with them when they're hurting, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. You're a priest. Yeah. A priest would say, you know what people need is they need love. Mm -hmm. That's what they need. All right. Then if you're someone who's like, how's this church structured? Right. Like what's the policies, procedures? What do we do? So we got some stuff in the savings. What does it look like if you're going to be on the kingly administrative side, which is really fun to look at it that way. And yeah. what I love about it is not one person has all the gifts. Oh, that would be exhausting. Only Jesus. Yeah. Okay. And he died to save the whole wide world. Yes. All right. So what I love about it is, is God gives a diversity of people, diversity of gifts. So to sort of summarize it, that's what a prophet is. Mm -hmm. A prophet is someone who proclaims the word of God to the people of God. God used these offices in the Old Testament to communicate to the people of Israel. What's really important is to know sort of when the prophets were prophesying, mm -hmm. okay? So Israel during this time has experienced a civil war, literally, 
they have split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And there's predominant tribes in each kingdom. So example, we all know um, Isaiah, Mm -hmm. big time. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, these guys are called major prophets. And the reason why is not because their message is more important than Joel or something. It's literally the links of the books, okay? So Jeremiah is like 37 chapters. Isaiah is like 60-something chapters. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, Joel is three. Three. (laughs) You know? So it literally has to do with the length of the book and the succinctness of their message. But one of the reasons we said is like, what is, to summarize the prophet's message, like what are all of these prophets saying because there's political, and you know what's so crazy, Nikki, is to look at the context of what was going on in Israel, and then to look at what's going on in our world today, and you're like, oh, the Bible's always timely because it's timeless. Yeah. So there was political upheaval. Oh, no. Check. <laughs> right? There was um, the people of God kept straying from their vision and their purpose. No. Uh, right? I mean, there was moral decay. No and way. Decline, Right? They were celebrating things, you know, they were All having... All without Facebook and Twitter. Right. They were having parades for things they should have funerals for. But anyway, that's a different podcast, okay? Ooh. May I continue? To summarize the prophet's message, we said kind of three things. Number one, every prophet, doesn't matter if it's Isaiah or Joel, their number one message can be summarized in one word, return. Mm. Return. Come back to God. And so we just kind of spent a, a, a few minutes about like, you know, the old hymn, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Take my heart and seal it for thy courts above. Mm-hmm. Their message to Israel then is very applicable to us now. Yeah. You know, we we make fun of our kids and we're like, gosh, if I take my eyes off of you for two seconds, you're going to run right out in traffic and your finger's in a socket and you've cut your hair and, you know, it's just crazy stuff. And, and the reality is, guys, that's God's relationship to us. Always. Always. So it's return to God. The second thing is this, remember God's covenant. What I love about this is another word for covenant is promise. Mm-hmm. So, so, so here's what the prophets are not doing. Come back to God. He is so angry, so disappointed right. in you. He, now, some of the prophets did rise up and go, hey, there's judgment coming mm-hmm. because y'all can't mess around with them women and that stuff and there not be consequences. Right. Okay, y'all are acting a fool over there. But listen, there's a difference in consequences and condemnation. Yeah. Okay, this is a word, all right? I think for a lot of us in the Christian life, you know, maybe it's an addiction, it's a secret sin, whatever it is, okay? We confuse consequences with condemnation. Yep. For anyone that is in Christ, there is no condemnation. There is no guilt. There is no shame. God is not, quote, you know, looking, going, man, why did I create them? I can't believe them. They're worthless. That is a lie from the enemy, mm-hmm. but there are consequences. Always. And so God, the prophets are constantly saying, hey, listen, don't make political deals with Babylon. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with Assyria. 
They worship foreign gods. Next thing you know, you're going to be in a tent smoking some wacky tobacco, worshiping a... There's going to be crazy stuff. And there was always consequences. And I think that's important for us to understand is that... And it kind of goes into the third thing. The third thing was repent of sin. Here's a way that you can tell if someone is really truly repentant if they accept the consequences of their actions. Yeah. Okay. And and parents huge. That's 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 an easy parenting thing. 100%. Your kids goof, they're gonna and yep. there is a consequence for it. My children will roll their eyes when I say you have the freedom of choice. You do not have freedom from what those consequences are of that choice. 100%. And you can feel it in their heart if yep. the devastation and the heartache is there from the action. If you're somebody who's dealing with a situation and somebody's coming to you saying that they're repentant, I'll never forget hearing this. One of the differences, so oftentimes, let's say there's a relationship and somebody has grievously sinned against another person, and they come to them because now consequences are found out, and the party that has done the sinning says, I'm so sorry, I'm repentant, please take me back, I'll never do this again. Now this other person is left with, well, A, all trust was broken, and so now they're asking me to trust them. Here's a way that you can tell whether it's true repentance or not. There's a difference between privacy and secrecy, Mm -hmm. okay? So if they are asking for secrecy, the difference between privacy and secrecy is accountability. Yep. Okay? Secrecy avoids accountability. Mm -hmm. Privacy invites accountability. So maybe it's a situation that obviously not everybody needs to know right. or this, that, and the other. And you're like, man, I, is, is this genuine repentance here? If they are fighting back against the consequences and being held accountable to their actions, I don't know, man, that's, that's red flags for mm-hmm. me when it comes to that. When I see Peter who denies Christ right, and just comes before Jesus like, man, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Or the prodigal son is like prepared this speech was, you know, all of this stuff. Um, and so to summarize the prophets, return to God, remember God's covenant and repent of sin. And I just love looking at all of that because it's super timely for us as individual Christians in our walk with Jesus, man. Well, it again, it comes back to the world we live in is broken still. <sighs> man. Jesus has not returned yet. These are still very true, very applicable. So if you live in that world of faith where you do follow Christ and you have people speaking into your life and they're saying things, it's meant for you to hear this, to do these things. If you're not a believer or you're new to the faith, these are the people you want. You want those people that are going to hold you accountable Yes, because those are the ones that love you more. No question. Those are the ones God has put in front of you. Yes, and one of the things I love about the prophets too, and we'll get more into it, is I think in this day and age for us as Christians, and, and tell me if I'm right in this, sometimes as a pastor, but even as a Christian, I feel this like, social justice pressure. Mm. Like I have to back every cause for, you know, it's like, well, God created the planet and we're supposed to be good stewards of it. So you got to back this cause and you got to back that cause. And, and listen, let me say, do I believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ has social implications? Uh, duh. Yeah. Jesus said, take care of the poor. Mm-hmm. But he also said this, 
they will always be with you. Mm-hmm. Jesus said that. Yep. So like, yes, the gospel has social implications, but what we see through the prophets is the number one responsibility of those in the faith and the people of God is realigning their relationship with God. Well, and it's the people of God. Yes. This isn't the prophets weren't speaking to the non-believers. 100%. And as Christians, and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go there yeah. for a hot second. Yeah. It's June. Right. And as a Christian on social media, yep. um I'm seeing things 100%. and I'm seeing take back our rainbow. Yep. I'm seeing let your pride flag fly. Yep. And I am like in that middle of, you know what? I don't know where this person stands. Yep. That's not my call to judge them. Yep. I love you for you. God's going to figure you yeah. out. And then I'm looking at other Christians who are going, you're going straight to hell. You're sinning. And I'm like, oh, baby, do you know them? I don't yeah. know what you know, so I'm not going to speak to that. And but. it's like, and it's like, what are you winning? It, with, with, you know, so I had a conversation with the guy Sunday. It's so crazy. It was along the, the this exact same conversation. And I said, when did Christians believe the lie that we are known by what we're against? Yeah. Okay, I don't see that with Jesus. What I see with Jesus is it was very clear as to what Jesus was for. Yeah. And what he was for was the love of the Father above everything and anything— I mean, and Jesus had harsh words for the religious people, yes. for the rich people, for all of this stuff. And then for the broken prostitutes who, I mean, in one moment, a woman who has all of her money saved up breaks this perfume at Jesus's feet and washes his feet with her tears and her hair. Yeah. And then guess what the religious guy in the room said? Do you know how much uh, hungry people could have been fed for that? Yeah. And Jesus turns and scowls at him and says, what she has done is the greater thing. Yeah. Why? Because in that moment, you knew what she was for. Yes. So I love where you're going with this. And well, listen, I would just, my word of caution, okay, is A, at Westside, we say this all the time, we will gladly live in the tension. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel the tension in the month of June, then there's a problem right. on either side, okay? Now, here's what I mean by that. If if you align too heavily with one side mm-hmm. or the other, this is the same Jesus who looked at the woman caught in the act of adultery and said, where are those who condemn you? Yep. Then he said this. She said, nowhere, they're, they're not here. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Yep. And then he said, go and sin no more. Right. He called it sin, and he said, I don't condemn you. So please, number one, you've got to live gladly in the tension, mm-hmm. okay? I think number two, you have got to be known what you're for more than what you're against. Like, I just don't think that your social media should promote like take back the like what why are we why are we so emotionally and i get it there's we have kids we, like i understand where people are coming from but my whole thing is has that ever won that was exactly that was the question you know, so i have a 16 year old daughter yeah. we were having this conversation and i said ooh it's it's pride month on facebook i have one 
friend. Yeah, I sure. use that word loosely. Yeah. Who's posting all this one sure. s- on one end of the spectrum and another friend who's posted on the other end of the spectrum. And I'm over here going in the middle like, love you both. I love you I both. I love you. Yes. Um, and yes. Sh- Jolie and I were discussing this and, and she has at 16. Yeah. Oh man. She is feeling this. She yep. has friends that are on both ends of that spectrum. Yep. And she said, mom, what do I do? I said, what Jesus taught us. We love our neighbor yep. as ourself. 100%. He doesn't say the neighbor that looks like you, lives like you, walks like you, talks like you. Yep. He just says neighbor. And that's and, all we can do. And the tension in, and so like in one book of the Bible, the book of Jude, it says to contend for the faith mm-hmm. and to even snatch those so that not um, out of the fire of hell. So not even a garment, like it's like a hellfire brimstone. It's like there are times to contend for the faith. Right. And in that same book, and the very last verses, it says, have mercy on those who doubt. Right. That's in the same book mm-hmm. of the Bible. And so I think you got to live in the tension. I think you got to be really cautious about what you're posting via on social media and stuff like that. And at the end of the day, the goal, my, my job as a pastor, what I want the people of Westside and those listening to this podcast is to ask this question. What does the Bible say about that? Mm-hmm. I want our kids, I want the disciples that we are making, the number one question to be, I, uh, or the statement is, I have a biblical worldview. Yeah. So just to get real personal, um, we had a a talk with one of our kids, okay? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's, they're, they're getting of that age, and so... You know, and we got a letter that was like, hey, we're going to show this video at school. And I was like, eh, eh, the school and the government is not getting. Now, we've had some, you know, Mm -hmm. a few other talks, but this one was pretty big. It was a big talk. And so I opened up to Genesis and I said, and God created them male and female. Yep. And I said, what does that mean? What's differences? Obviously, there's a difference here, right? But then they're both in the image of God. So they're like, they're equal, but they're different, you know? And then we talked about some things. And then I said, you know, I turned the page a little bit and God said, be fruitful and multiply. Mm -hmm. And I said, so, so what does that mean? What do you think be fruitful and multiply means? And um, some super funny answers. It was great. But I, you know, introduced the idea and topic of sex and Mm -hmm. said, hey, listen, this is a good thing. Yeah. This came from God. It's God's design. Fire in the fireplace is so awesome in the winter. Mm-hmm. Fire on the living room rug is not good, and yeah. it burns the whole house down. And so the number one goal, I think, in all of this, which is what the prophets exactly. are doing, yeah. is thus saith the Lord. Yeah. Thus saith the Lord. Well, I mean, and like I said, it's telling God's people Return to God. Yes. Remember his promises. Repent of sin. And this is one thing that you said and I wrote in my notes. God always accepts a wanderer Mm. back. It does not matter how far you go. He wants you. He craves you. You are his first and foremost. And that's always an open invitation. 100%, man. I am super excited as we continue through this because Joel's message to warn people of the coming of the Lord. Hey, guess what? Yep. That message still rings true today. Yeah, man. We had a lot. We covered a ton of ground Sunday. And so not just introducing the idea of these prophets, we dipped into the book of Joel. And the reason why is, is in Acts chapter 2, at Pentecost, Peter uses um, Joel chapter 2 
as sort of the basis of his sermon. And so, do you want me to read that, or you want you want to read it? Nick? Oh, you can go ahead and read it. Okay, <laughs> my my glasses aren't with me today. Acts chapter two, uh, or I'm sorry, Joel chapter two, which is also quoted in Acts chapter mm-hmm. two, verses 28, um, and then I'll read just through 29. And this is sort of a launching pad to give us an overview of the book of Joel. It says these words, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. Mm. And then God goes on and gives some more promises, but... What's so unique about that is if you hear it, there's very inclusive language. So when God made the covenant with Abraham, the mark of the covenant was circumcision. And if you have any questions about that, Miss Nikki will answer those. (laughs) Sure, yeah, that'll be fun. And so that mark obviously could only be carried on through the the men and, and that lineage. And that was the symbol of God's covenant. But now he's saying in this passage, the symbol is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and men and women, children, slave, free. And obviously that's anticipating, you know, the the day of Pentecost. Mm -hmm. And I love what you said, Joel constantly, he uses the phrase six times, the day of the Lord, that day, that day, Mm -hmm. that day. And I'm going to talk about Sunday and in a couple Sundays, the way that the prophets prophesied was as if you were looking at a mountain range, okay? So imagine if you've ever been to a mountain range, you're standing there and you see one peak and then another one. And and it almost appears that the second peak is like right behind mm-hmm. that first one. <laughs> when in reality, they're very far. That's apart. like 2 days away yeah. in the Rocky Mountains, you know? That's how they saw their timeline. They saw the prophecy coming true in their day in the first mountain peak. And then they saw sort of this hazy, like, there's going to be a day of the Lord. So when they speak in their writings, it looks like it's going to happen. Right. Boom, boom, back to back. In reality, there was hundreds of years that separated that. And we did see that that Babylon comes in Mm -hmm. and some bad things happen. But then in Acts chapter 2 that God pours out his spirit. And so kind of like what you said, Joel urges us to live this day in light of that day. Yeah. And like, man, you know, I just don't know if, is, and I, I confess this as a pastor and a teacher of God's word, I don't sit and meditate just a few minutes in prayer that Christ is returning. Mm. Like, God, it could be today. Paul was constantly asking God. Like, I think Paul was just tired of getting persecuted and beat up all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, Jesus, please can, come in. You yeah. know, like, and so, but when you think about that, he's going to come so quickly. I want my life to count. Well, I think we do that. I you think we, we ask those when we see 
worldwide tragic events. Yeah. War, mm, famine, good. 9-11 comes to mind. It was like, Jesus, come. Yeah. Jesus, come. It's really good. But when we're in the middle of doing our dishes or kids' bath time or yeah. laundry or Things whatever. Things seem so urgent in, in, the, in that temporary. Mm-hmm. And then you hold the temporary up to the eternal and you go, oh, yeah, this is different. Yeah. This is different. I used um, Dave Rhodes, was an incredible guy in the Grace family. And when we went to the Leadership Summit back in January, Dave actually used um, the book of Joel mm-hmm. and was kind of like, man, I think God gave me a word coming out of COVID. Um, I think there's a lot of similarities in Joel. And so I just used Dave's notes because he had this incredible sort of graph. Yeah. That was, you can actually go to our website and click on Sunday's sermon and the graph will actually be there in the sermon notes. But do you want to just walk us through kind of yeah. the progression so, of that? Yeah, let's do that because the graph, I remember Dave using it um, down there at Summit and yeah. it is super like to look at the graph. You're like, what are they going to write in that I one? love it, right? Um, it made zero sense to me. And then when you see it, it makes sense. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, it was like, oh, hey, let me get that graph pulled up. Where'd it go? Because he starts where the book of Joel starts mm-hmm. and said, it's kind of like what we're looking at right now. In the first box, he wrote in it, devastation. Yeah. And I think what I I connect with with that is you either know devastation or you're going to know devastation. Like it's coming. And I think if COVID taught us anything is nobody is exempt from devastation no. on something like that at all. And, and on the upswing yes. from coming out of devastation, it can go one of two ways was what David had yep. said. And it can go up. Well, let's go down. Yeah, let's yeah, just go yeah. Down. That was the first one that he let's used. Let's just go down. Down from devastation is total destruction. Yep. I mean, that's that's what Joel was looking at. There's locusts that have caused a plague. Babylon is coming. And the crazy thing is, guys, is we have a choice that when devastation and these things, we cannot control our circumstances, mm-hmm. but we can control how we will respond to our circumstances. And you do have that choice. You can just go, okay, this devastation is going to define me, mm-hmm. and this is who I'm going to be, or... The upswing. The upswing, which is repentance and purification. Yeah. And and what I love about it is in the book, Dave kind of highlighted this, in the book of Joel, there's two things that are happening. God is calling the people to repentance. Mm-hmm. That's their part. But then God's part is purifying them. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that partnership because... I mean, Joel says, consecrate a fast, call repentance. I mean, this is getting low. This is turning from your sin and turning to Jesus. And I just, I used the illustration of like my phone had an update. And so I had to plug it into my computer. And there was this moment where like this notification popped up on my phone and it said, literally, I had to press a button called trust. It said, do you give this computer total access to your phone? And it said, trust or don't trust. Ooh. And I was like, why am I, why am I so uncomfortable with pressing a button labeled trust? Like, is Russia hacking me right now? And I just felt the Spirit of God kind of drop a message in my mailbox and say, hey, that's what repentance is. Mm-hmm. 
Repentance is clicking trust and giving God total access to your life. But the great thing about that is the other side of that is restoration mm. and innovation. All of the promises that God says. like Because listen, I, if, if somebody's like, you know what? I love purification. You're psycho. Okay, yeah, that that's is... That's never the fun part. That is never the fun part. But knowing the amount of promises mm-hmm. that God gives... I mean, guys, Joel is three chapters. I mean, it is... Ne- it's two chapters, actually. It's almost... It's just crazy to think how short the book is. Yeah. And there's judgment, and then there's these promises, and God saying, listen, I'm going to restore this back. And, and one of the things we say at Westside is this... God specializes in taking broken pieces and making masterpieces. Mm -hmm. So the marriage isn't too far gone. You're not too deep in the addiction. Hey, it it will be tough. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. But the restoration that's on the other side of this is only a miracle that God can bring. Well, and then once you make it through, and and the arcs, like I really encourage listeners to go look the diagram. Yeah, it's up really cool because there are arcs to this that yeah. really do make sense. So when you are on that upswing of restoration and innovation, that leads to multiplication, but empowerment. Yeah, man. And in this, it's um, I don't know, it's not a straight line. It yeah, is right. up, it looks it like is a mountain down. Range. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's a lot because that is the learning. Yep. That is the, hey, I've got, God's got me in this. Yes. We are here. We are doing the work, but it's not going to necessarily be like, I love the little up and down of yeah. it because it, it is up and down. It's and w- not it, all the way back to one, Yes. but what, it's not a straight shot either. And what I love about it is, is that, it's about multiplication. Mm-hmm. So in Joel 2, God is saying, I'm not going to just use one person. It's going to be poured out on, on everyone, my spirit. And, and I asked this. I said, what if the ultimate goal of your God-given dream is not just the fulfillment of your God-given dream? What if the purpose of your God-given dream is to inspire and help others accomplish their dream? Mm Mm-hmm. So what if the purpose of your story and the marriage that you've been walking through or the season of a prodigal child that you've had, what if God has brought restoration to that? Not so your life is comfortable now. Like, man, I think we, as humans, we will always choose the path of least resistance. Oh, yeah. It is human nature. And so when anything goes haywire in our life, we just want to get it back under control mm-hmm. God is not, guys, God is not doing miracles in our life so we can get things back under control. It's so our story can be used to help and affect other people's story. How many times in your ministry, especially early on, would you hear someone repeat, oh, well, Pastor Jason said, and you kind of like, oh, wait a minute, they're listening to me? My gosh. And it kind of like, well, wait a minute, that is exactly people are watching, people 100%. are listening. The most humbling attention. is when your kids do it. Oh, it's super it's, fun. <laughs> and then there was kind of one thing um, that that we see in all of the prophets and that this entire graph hinges on. And it's what Dave Rhodes called, Nikki, what is it? The window of possibility. That's it. The prophets are always saying now, today. Mm-hmm. Today is the day of salvation. 
right now, not when you get it together, Israel, return now. Joel saying, you know, blast the trumpet now, do this now. And so there was just a little sense of urgency of like, hey guys, the time is now. And the big idea that we said that was really good news from Joel is this. The book of Joel teaches us that our current devastation does not have to be our final destination. It doesn't. That's what Joel's telling the people of Israel. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, that is what God is telling us today. And and I love that he used Joel in this message. Because when we go and we do the research, we didn't know a whole lot about him. Sure. We know his message was small. He's a minor prophet, but such an impact in that, hey, pay attention. This is a warning. It stinks right now. But that's not the end. Yeah, and what I love, and we're going to hear this a ton in the series on the prophets, the prophets are like a nobody. Mm. And what I mean by it, we we know almost nothing about Joel. Joel didn't go to rabbinic school. He didn't do any of that stuff, which tells me this. God can use ordinary people mm-hmm. to proclaim his word and accomplish extraordinary things. Absolutely, That is the storyline of the Bible, yep. man. And so, guys, we're super excited about the Minor Prophets. Man, we ended Sunday, and the kids walked outside and had an ice cream truck. Exactly. It was awesome because there's a reason why we do this, guys. We had family worship Sunday. We want the family to worship together. And any time we start a new book of the Bible, the book of Psalms says, Oh, Lord, your word is sweet to my lips, and it's sweeter than honey. And so it's a fun way of just the kids going in summer. Number one, I want the kids to think about church, fun. Always, that's church, my purpose. fun, that's mm-hmm. incredible. But at the same time, there is a practical thing of going, hey, do you know why we had ice cream today? Why? Because we started a new book of the Bible, and God's word is sweet mm-hmm. to our soul. And so I love it, man. I think yeah. it's really, really cool. I'm it's, looking forward to it. Well, it was the kickoff yes. of a big summer at Westside. Yeah, man. We got a lot coming up. Nikki, why don't you tell them um, what's coming down the pike? So we have Vacation Bible School coming whoop, up. Whoop. June 22nd is launch night. Yeah, guys. And come then on. we'll be three Wednesdays coinciding after that. We've got a Google Doc up for people to get signed up. The West Side Women launched the Philippians Bible study last Friday night. I mean, it is. On a Friday night Mm -hmm. in Butler County, there was 70-ish women in the room with their Bibles open, worshiping Jesus, getting ready to start a summer study. Like, wow. And it it comes back to, there are those accountability. You do have those people that you get up group, a pod is what we call them, together. And these are the women you walk through those daily Bible readings and those questions, and you you live this life together, and you're discussing it and speaking into each other's lives. And it is beautiful to be a part of 100%. A few logistical things. We do have a church business meeting this Sunday for Covenant members um, right after the service. Some really exciting news. And again, just more fruit from being a part of the Grace family of churches. Super excited about that. And then... Then you can also still give to the May We Honor offering. Mm-hmm. You can go online to westsidepb.org, click the giving, and then just give towards um, the general fund, and that's what that looks like. And so this Sunday is kind of a breather. Like we're yeah. back to our normal kids' side routine. Well, we're we're back to our normal yes, summer kids' side our routine. Our normal summer yeah. kids' side routine. I like that. That's yeah. good. And then we're diving into the book of Hosea mm-hmm. Sunday, which is going to be bonkers. And so, guys, it all goes down Sunday at 10 a.m. 
The prayer ministry is happening right now so at Westside awesome. from 8.30 to 9.30. And, and I got to say this, there was something so cool. God is already answering specific prayers. Um, somebody was in the prayer ministry on Sunday and just felt a burden from the Spirit to pray for a particular, like, just brokenness. Like, God, bring these people. Bring them here. Bring who you want to bring and someone that they hadn't seen in so long um, showed up Sunday who needs to hear God's grace and know that they're loved. And they were just elated, smiling ear from ear, like, dude, I, you don't understand. You don't understand. I just prayed that like not even an hour ago. And this person who's never come filled out a connection card. And oh, it was just that. like, I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. God's up to something. He's doing some things for sure. Hey, guys, if you've got any more questions, check out our website at westsidepb.org. You can look up our Facebook at Westside Church. You can also keep up with the Kids Side Kids and the summer schedule, the Google Doc. Go on Facebook, and what do they type in, Nikki? Kid Side PB. No, Kid Side at West Side PB. That's I'll get it. the right one out. Kid, Kid Side at West Side PB. Kid Side at West Side PB. You can like that. You can get the um, Vacation Bible School schedule. Mm-hmm. Look up West Side Youth on Facebook. You can get their summer schedule as well. As well. Ton of information. Love it. We love you guys. We will see you again next week. And do not forget, it is all about Jesus. Amen. Blessings. Blessings.